It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The CEO of Southwest Airlines apologizes as the carrier keeps canceling flights. The White House will comply with a Supreme Court decision to keep coronavirus border controls in place. And China's decision to abandon its COVID zero policy now has other countries considering restricting entry. Residents in Buffalo continue to dig out from the blizzard of the century, plus new details from the January Sixth panel on Rudy Giuliani. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. An amazing night for Luka Doncic. He led Dallas to an overtime win over the Knicks. The Islanders won. The Rangers lost. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are now on the rise this morning. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. And S&P futures are now adding to their gains up eight points or two-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up a quarter percent or 91 points. And NASDAQ futures showing strength up two-tenths of a percent or 18 points. The DAX in Germany has little change. Ten-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds, yield 3.82 percent. And the yield on the two-year, 4.33 percent. John. And Karen, we're going to begin with the latest on Southwest travel problems, the CEO of the airline now issuing a public apology. Bob Jordan released a video statement after Southwest once again canceled flights across the country. I want everyone who is dealing with the problems we've been facing, whether you haven't been able to get to where you need to go or you're one of our heroic employees caught up in a massive effort to stabilize the airline, uh, to know is that we're doing everything we can to return to a normal operation. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan says the airline is optimistic it's going to be back on track before next week. Well, John Southwest is responsible for almost three-quarters of flight cancellations in the U.S., and that's drawing ire from government officials. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with the details. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and John. Southwest and the White House agree on one thing. The mass disruptions are unacceptable. But as the airline attempts to catch up, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg wonders why the competition had a much easier time recovering from last week's storm. This weather event affected everybody, and we understand that you can't control the weather, but uh, there is no satisfying explanation 
for why all of the other airlines are recovering and moving in the right direction, uh, while Southwest is still, as we speak, canceling a majority of their flights. Today's travel forecast has more of the same. The flight tracking site FlightAware shows Southwest with over 2,500 cancellations. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Steve. Another major story we're following this morning. The White House says it's going to comply with and enforce the Supreme Court's ruling on Title 42. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more in this report. Title 42 is a Trump-era control on border immigration. It was due to expire when the challenge went all the way to the Supreme Court. The court says it will stay in effect while litigation goes forward, potentially into June. So the Biden administration now says it will enforce the rule, although it says lifting it is way overdue. The White House says it will prepare for eventually being able to lift the restrictions in an orderly form, even as it continues to enforce them now. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Also, more details this morning on Donald Trump's taxes. Bloomberg News has learned that years of the former president's tax returns will be released Friday. Key identifying information, such as account numbers, will be blacked out. The documents will be the first complete look at the former president's tax records for the years he was running for office and in the White House. And turning to the markets now, Hong Kong was the outperformer in Asia overnight. More easing of COVID restrictions helped fuel a gain of 1.5% on the Hang Seng Index. Hong Kong is scrapping limits on public gatherings and no longer requiring proof of vaccination for entry into some locations. Well, Hong Kong's easing follows China's decision to abandon its COVID zero policy and reopen its borders, John, and it's now prompting a global response. Countries are considering whether to test or restrict travelers from China. Having get more from Bloomberg's Alan Wan in Shanghai. Japan was the, the first to say that it's going to require a negative COVID test upon arrival for uh, mainland Chinese residents. But the U.S. is also considering new precautions as well. Uh, this is based on concern about a new variant emerging out of, out of China. Uh, that, that ever since uh, Beijing announced that it's no longer going to quarantine arrivals from uh, January 8th, and that's also going to start issuing passports again. Bloomberg's Alan Wan says U.S. officials are raising questions about the transparency of China's data on the spread of the virus. And back here in the U.S., futures are mixed to higher right now. Uh, after a down day on Wall Street yesterday, S&P 500 has fallen more than 6% this month, almost 20% on the year. And Miller Tapak Equity Strategist Matt Maley says the bear market isn't over yet. But the biggest problem I, I think that we face is that when, whenever the market gets to an extremely overvalued level, like it did at the end of 2021, this time last year, uh, the, uh, the the bear market always lasts longer than just a year or so. It usually lasts 18 months or even a little bit longer. Miller Tabak equity strategist Matt Maley sees the S&P 500 going down to at least 3,500. Well, so far this year, John, Tesla is the third worst-performing stock in the S&P 500, and the tailspin in shares shows no sign of abating anytime soon. Shares fell more than 11% yesterday, and we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. So far this year, the stock is down 69%, and with the latest declines, it marks their longest losing streak since 2018 as a report of a plan to temporarily halt production at its China factory rekindled fears about demand risks. Tesla had its seventh straight decline and its steepest one-day drop since April. The electric vehicle maker's market valuation has shrunk to roughly $345 billion below that of Walmart, J.P. Morgan Chase, and NVIDIA.
in New York. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Charlie. Not as hard hit as Tesla, but Apple starts the trading day at its lowest level since June of 2021. Apple has fallen almost 27% this year on concerns over iPhone production issues. And again, futures are higher this morning. S&P futures up about eight points. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street. We have 34 degrees in Central Park. Let's bring in Michael Barr now with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. Officials in New York say state and military police were sent to keep people from driving in snow-choked Buffalo. The Erie County Executive says that police are being positioned at entrances to Buffalo and at major intersections to enforce a ban on driving. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. We have plowed specifically to get people to medical appointments, chemotherapy, uh, dialysis. Uh, we have done welfare checks for senior citizens uh, and families with young children. Buffalo Mayor Brown says more than 30 people died in the region. The GOP chairman in New York Congressman-elect George Santos's district is talking after the Long Island Republican admitted he lied about his personal and professional life during his successful campaign run. Chairman Joseph Cairo said that he was deeply disappointed and Santos may have broken the public trust, but says he will carry out the public's will when it comes to tax relief and public safety. Even if there is an investigation in the House, it would take a two-thirds majority in the Republican-led House to expel Santos from office. Meanwhile, a new Congress will take power in January. Representative John Katko of New York gave his outlook on what to expect from the 118th Congress. Well, I think the extremes on both sides only know how to vote no. We call them the vote no, hope yes caucus. Uh, and it was a vote no, but I hope you pass it for them. But uh, I think that it's going to hit natural more give and take with uh, the moderate wing of the, of the Democratic Party because we're going to have to get things done. Congressman Katko spoke with David Weston on Bloomberg's balance of power. We're learning more from the transcripts of the January 6th panel. The former president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was in daily contact with Donald Trump between November 5th of 2020 and January 15th of 2021 as much as 10 times a day. That's according to testimony by former New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. Carrick had been police commissioner during former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani's second term. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. Guys, coming up on 610 on Wall Street. Time now for the sports report being brought to you by your Tri-State Audi dealers. John Stasher has the update. Morning, John. Right, thank you. Morning, John. Knicks went down to Dallas. They knew they'd have to deal with Mavs star Luka Doncic. They didn't know Doncic would end the night with the greatest triple-double in NBA history. 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, and heroics at the end of regulation. When he went to the free-throw line, the Mavs down two. Four seconds left. He missed the free throw on purpose, got the rebound, scored the tying basket. Dallas won in overtime, 126-121. They had trailed by nine with 30 seconds left. Knicks were shorthanded due to injuries to Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett. At the Garden, Rangers shut out for only the second time. Washington won 4 nothing. 
the UBS Arena, the Islanders beat Pittsburgh 5-1, to two goals for both Andres Lee and Matthew Barzell. Marquette beat Seton Hall 83-69, drops the Pirates to 0-3 in the Big East. Big game for the Giants Sunday against the Colts, who are again going to start Nick Foles at quarterback. He just threw three interceptions. It's the home finale for Brian Dayball's team. We work extremely hard each week to, to put a good product on the field, and um, you know, one of the reasons is, you know, for our fan base. Um, so to, you know, play at home um, in late December, uh, an important game, um, you know, it's it's important to us. I know it's important to them, and we'll do everything we can do to, to be ready to go. Yeah, that game actually not late December. It's January 1st. The Giants win, and they're in the playoffs. J.J. Watt will play two more games for Arizona and then retire at age 33. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year while with Houston Watt, a lock someday for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks a lot, John. And the Sports Report brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer. Get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. And as we uh, look ahead to the open of today's trading, Dow Futures right now point to a higher open. 89 points higher right now. That is up three-tenths of a percent. The S&P E-mini futures, eight points higher. They're up two-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq E-mini futures, they've been fluctuating between gains and losses all morning long. Right now, they're up about 19 points, a rise of about two-tenths of a percent. And 10-year Treasury yield, 382. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And good morning. I'm John Tucker. It is the final week of a dismal year for markets. Uh, Global equities have lost about a fifth of their value. This is the largest decline since 2008 uh, on an annualized basis. Also, an index of global bonds, that has slumped 16%. So now what? We're joined by Linda Dissel, the Federated Hermes Senior Vice President and Senior Equity Strategist this morning. Get you set up for the trading day ahead, the final trading day of 2022. Hey, Linda, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. At the end of the day, it's all about earnings. Is earnings growth adequately priced in as we start the new year? Uh, well, hi, good morning, John, and Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners. Uh, pleasure to be on. Um, that's what's going to make it very interesting next year is what is going to happen to earnings. They've been going up steadily for years here. Consensus thinks that they'll go up. Again, if, if, it's, if S&P earnings this year is about $220 per share, then the consensus, which has been coming down, is at last I checked $234. This is very tricky and very tricky then to figure out what next year will be like for the markets because we at Federated Hermes actually think 234 is way too high. We think earnings will go down maybe 10 or 12% next year, and that is definitely not priced into the markets. So we're kind of bearish going into the new year. Um. So do you see selling ahead, forced selling especially, uh, given some of the margins? Well, um, selling has been, you know, it's been increasing here in the back piece of this year. Uh, earlier this month, I think, we're down, I think we were down like 9% from 4,100. We were at 4,100 not that long ago. 
Uh, and so we had a, a, a nice pullback. It's in a short-term basis, you could still get that Santa Claus rally. Santa Claus could still come, even if he comes uh, after the new year hits, uh, because you've pulled back so much. In fact, the S&P for the quarter looks like it's going to be the second-best quarter since 1999. So basically all kinds of cross-currents going on. And why we haven't had that pickup already for the Santa Claus rally may have something to do with tax loss harvesting, which is kind of the silver lining that we're telling our clients, you know, uh, might as well do it. It's been a horrible year, just as you said on introduction, just about everywhere you went, no place to hide. Uh, that could get some things out of the way. So maybe then our Santa Claus rally comes at the very beginning of the year. Yeah, if history is any guide, I'd look at some of the data from CFRA. There's a pretty good chance there will be one. Um, let me ask you about the, the recession signals. How strong are they at this point, and what do they imply in terms of how long and how deep any recession is going to be? Uh, yeah, another another interesting question about next year and what will unfold. Um, definitely, the uh, with the leading economic indicators uh, in the U.S., it's one of the very best uh, metrics to look at to say what's going to happen with uh, with the economy. And they're pointing down; they've been right pretty much. You know, every time over cycles over the years, they do point to an economic recession. But markets, we have to remember, are forecasting mechanisms. And uh, 100% of CEOs believe there's a recession coming in 2023. And pretty much 100% of people in our business believe there's a recession. So that's why we have to start asking ourselves, what is priced in? And the earnings maybe are not priced in yet. Maybe there is some downside, but it's not about probably whether there'll be a recession, but how difficult will it be? And we think it's going to be a, a mild economic recession. Only bad, you know, if you're the one who's losing your job, but the job market is so very strong. And I think that's something we need to remember into this recession is the balance sheets of both businesses and consumers are really quite strong if we're heading into an economic recession. That should make it milder uh, for, you know, for both sides of our economy. And as a stock market investor, I'm worried about the earnings of corporate America. Uh, if interest rates have been going up steadily, which they have done all year, well, I have to bear in mind that cash on corporate balance sheets is really high, and if debt is at record highs on corporate balance sheets, their ability to service that debt is also near a record high because they were piling on debt at generational low interest rates. They don't care if interest rates are going up if they have debt that's termed out for basically six to eight years, and 90% yeah. of the debt in large-cap companies is fixed. So... It should be mild for this reason. Linda, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, you'll be back. Linda Dissel, Senior Equity Strategist at Federated Hermes, and we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. It is 518 of Wall Street, just ahead of Bloomberg Daybreak. We're going to check out the markets, bring you the latest news in business, economics, and finance. I'm John Tucker. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning as news of further moves by China to reopen its economy uh, lifts investor sentiment in the final week of a dismal year for markets. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg S&P futures. Up six points or about two-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up 73 points or two-tenths of a percent. And NASDAQ futures up 10 points or a tenth of a percent. And the 10-year Treasury up 330 seconds, yield 3.82 percent. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, the Supreme Court is keeping pandemic-era limits on people seeking asylum in place for now. The court set a February timeline for an argument in the Title 42 case. Southwest CEO says he is optimistic the airline will be back Back on track before next week after it had to cancel thousands of flights because of the winter storm. The Vatican says retired Pope Benedict's health is worsening. The Vatican says Pope Francis went to see him. In the NBA, the Knicks lost in overtime. The Celtics, Wizards, and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders won. The Capitals beat the Rangers for zip. The Bruins lost in the shootout. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Jump. All right, Michael, thank you very much. It is now 623 on Wall Street, and this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's continue our discussion this morning with Linda Dissel, Federated Hermes Senior Vice President, Senior Equity Strategist. Looking at futures right now, they're in the green. Uh, Linda, can I ask you how close are we to a Fed pivot and what factors are you looking at uh, to make that decision? Uh, we don't think we're at all close to a Fed pivot. I think that's what's one thing that's going to be very key next year is, um, you know, we all understand that inflation has peaked and it's probably going to come down hard next year. But where we at Federated Hermes disagree with consensus is where is it going to fall to? And that has everything to do with the Fed pivot. If consensus is the core PCI, CPE, whatever you wish, goes to 2% and change, we're at the high threes by year end of 2023. We think inflation is going to be stubborn and therefore no pivot next year. They're going to stay, stay at a very high rate uh, relative to what we've been used to, 5%. All year long, it's going to take us a while to realize that and get used to that. And so, um, yeah, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that for next year, which is one reason why we have pretty much a flattish year in the market next year. You're going to have to really pick your spot in investing next year. Well, that leads me to my next question. I'll put you on the spot. Uh, what, what do you see at the end of the year for the S and P 500 next year? I know it's a tough call, and maybe for uh, rates as well with uh, the the uh, 10-year yield. Yeah, it, it is a tough call. It's going to be tough all year to try to figure out uh, where the earnings. If I if I see earnings down ten, twelve percent, that is actually is not much compared to average recessions, maybe down twenty or even thirty percent on earnings. The PE's been uh, price to earnings ratio has been hit fairly significantly. If I give myself you know a high teens multiple, I'm looking at uh, 4,000 S&P for next year. We had 3,900 for this year and for months, and it looks like we're going to come in close to that. That is a flat year pretty much basically, but underneath the surface, you're going to want to look for fat pitches. I find bonds have the yields now cre- creeping up again, up towards a 4% level. P- bonds punished, as we all know, very badly this year. It could be a very interesting year for bonds as we really settle into the notion that this is going to last longer than what we would all like uh, in terms of the higher rates of inflation, slower growth, 
slower economic uh, earnings, uh, economic growth, earnings growth. You'll get some yield on the long end. The, the front end will keep, keep you in a good yield position. And then look for those pockets of value where you're really getting some excellent, what I like to call fat pitches next year. Areas like home builders, banks, metals, and energy still looking really, really good to us uh, throughout next year. But you can have to pick your spot. Yeah. Um, um, what about uh, commodities? Gold as, as a hedge with uh, respect to inflation hasn't really performed uh, uh, up to its billing this year, but uh, other spaces beyond equities and bonds. Yeah, beyond equities and bonds. I mean, the metals and, and the mining um, areas in terms of commodities, gold as an inflation hedge, as you suggested, hasn't really worked this year. Um, inflation, if inflation, if you believe inflation is set to come down and probably to come down hard, and you really don't need to be worrying about that. Where we might worry uh, about inflation and, and where something like gold would come into play is if our dollar would come crashing down, and it's been extremely strong all year, so it can get a bit weaker. Yeah. But again, again, just very, very patient. Outside the U.S., maybe. It's just difficult, and I really want to say this to, to the group is that okay. China and Europe, yeah. Could be uh, could go either way next year. Linda, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Linda Dissel, Federated Hermes, Senior Vice President, Senior Equity Strategist, getting it set up for the trading day ahead. Just ahead, the morning's top stories, your local headlines. But first, today's Bloomberg weather forecast is Rob Carolyn. It's going to turn into a partly to mostly sunny day with temperatures rising up to about 40 to 45. Any cloudiness should depart the area fairly early on this morning. We're partly cloudy tonight, lows 30 to 35, down into the 20s though in the suburbs. It'll be partly to mostly sunny tomorrow with highs around 45. Partial sunshine Friday, temperatures between 45 and 50. I'm Rob Carolyn with your three-day forecast on Bloomberg 1130. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. As coming up on 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're nearly three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Innovation Refunds. Are you looking for ways to grow your business? Get back the money that you may be eligible to receive through the Employee Retention Credit. Sign up now before it's too late. See if your business qualifies for ERC assistance at GetRefunds.com. Up first, the latest on Southwest Travel Woes. CEO Bob Jordan is now issuing a public apology after the airline canceled thousands of flights yet again. Our plan for the next few days is to fly a reduced schedule and reposition our people and planes, and we're making headway, and we're optimistic to be back on track before next week. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan says he's doing everything he can to return to normal operations. And Southwest is responsible for almost three-quarters of flight cancellations in the U.S. That is drawing the ire of government officials. Now, Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with the latest on that story. Steve, good morning. Good morning, John and Karen. The Department of Transportation in a tweet called Southwest's woes unacceptable, adding DOT will investigate whether the mass cancellations were controllable and if Southwest is complying with its customer service plan. 
That's likely little comfort, though, for tens of thousands of Southwest passengers not going anywhere today, with more than 2,500 flights grounded. The Biden administration wants to know why rival airlines had a much easier time recovering from last week's storm. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Well, turning to a couple political notes now, the Biden administration says it will comply with and enforce the Supreme Court's ruling on Title 42. And Bloomberg News has learned that years of Donald Trump's tax returns will be released Friday by a House committee. It marks the first complete look at the former president's tax record since he declared his run for the White House in 2015. And to markets now, U.S. futures, they're higher right now following a down day on Wall Street. S&P 500 has fallen more than 6% this month and almost 20% of the year. In Asia, more easing of COVID restrictions helped fuel a gain of 1.5% on Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index overnight. Well, John, as Hong Kong and China ease COVID restrictions, some countries are considering whether to test or restrict travelers from China. And Hong Kong Chief Executive John Lee says scrapping COVID rules was not a rush decision. It is not rapid. It's not sudden. There will always come a day when we have to make big decisions about normalization. That is actually what we are doing now. Chief Executive John Lee says Hong Kong has prepared for the easing of COVID restrictions for months by vaccinating much of the population. That's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Innovation Refunds. And again, futures are higher this morning. S&P futures, they're up six points or about two-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up two-tenths of a percent or 78 points. And NASDAQ futures, they're up about a tenth of a percent. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, thanks, Karen. 631 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. Officials in New York say state and military police were sent to keep people from driving in snow-choked Buffalo. More than 30 people died in the region. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown was asked about reports of looting. There was looting that took place in different parts of the city. I call the looters the lowest of the low, uh, people that shouldn't even be able to look themselves in the mirror. They should be ashamed of themselves. Mayor Brown says crews are keeping an eye on warmer weather later in the week that could bring a threat of flooding as the snow melts. More testimony from the January 6th panel is providing more details involving former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. According to testimony from ex-New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick, Giuliani spoke to former President Donald Trump as much as 10 times a day about possible litigation. Kerry says the conversations took place between November 5th of 2020 and January 15th of 2021. GOP leaders on Capitol Hill are mostly muted after the latest statement from Congressman-elect George Santos. The Long Island Republican described what he called embellishing large portions of his background during his successful congressional run. Santos spoke on Fox News last night with Tulsi Gabbard. I made a mistake, and I think humans are flawed, and we all make mistakes, Tulsi. Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see. The Republican chairman in his district said Santos may have broken the public's trust, but he'll do the public's will when it comes to tax relief and public safety. Scientists are transforming pig livers to look and act like human ones as part of a quest to ease the nation's organ shortage. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Jump. 
Michael, thank you. It is now 6.34 of Wall Street. And it's time for the Bloomberg Sports Report being brought to you by your tri-state Audi dealer. Good morning, John Stanchower. Good morning, John. The Knicks started a Texas swing in Dallas. Jalen Brunson missed the game against his old team, injured hip. And then two minutes in, R.J. Barrett hurt his finger. Quentin Grimes pitched in. He scored 33. Julius Randle had 29, 18 rebounds. And the Knicks led by nine with 30 seconds to go. They led by two with four seconds left. And Luka Doncic at the free throw line. Flex a ball loose. Still looks Doncic. Mike Green on MSG, so he missed the free throw on purpose, got the rebound, tied the game. Sure enough, Dallas won 126-121. Amazing night for Doncic. 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. Greatest triple-double in NBA history. The Garden Rangers lost to Washington 4-0. The Caps' Darcy Kemper stopped all 32 Rangers shots. Last time the Rangers were shut out back in October by the Islanders, who just beat Pittsburgh 5-1. to It's their first two-game win streak in a month. Is Carlos Correa going to be a Matt? He was going to be a giant until a red flag arose from his physical, and now the Mets are concerned about an ankle injury. They reportedly want to restructure the contract, and there's word Correa not in agreement with that, and now other teams said to be looking to sign Correa. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports, John. All right, John, thanks very much. And the Sports Report, brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get the behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Yeah, it's now 635 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in now with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus on KFAB in Omaha. We're talking about how the winter blast is pushing wheat prices sharply higher. I'm Jeff Bellinger. And on Kogo in San Diego, I'll be talking about Apple stock closing at the lowest level since June of last year. I'm Kimberly Adams, and on WBZ in Boston, I'll be reporting on Activision Blizzard video game employees seeking a union in Boston. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Radio in London. We've been reporting on the market reaction to Hong Kong. Lifting more of its COVID restrictions. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WTAM in Cleveland, I'm reporting that power bills are likely to jump even higher as wholesale prices surge in parts of the country during the worst of a recent brutal cold snap. And those are some of these stories. Our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It is now 6.37 on Wall Street. That is time for our daily Bloomberg real estate report. And here with that is Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Watch for housing demand and home prices to bounce back as mortgage rates eventually start to trend lower. People who are thinking that uh, the world is coming to an end here, it's not that bad. There's a natural floor to how low house prices can go because we don't have the same amount of supply we had then. Jerry Howard is CEO of the National Association of Home Builders. There's still a great deal of pent-up demand. I think that combined with growth in other areas of the economy, they bring us back in 24. Howard, though, also warns too many regulations are preventing builders from being able to build much affordable housing 
housing. Says a good example of this problem is San Diego. We're over 50%, that's 5-0% of the cost of building a new home is in regulatory compliance. That's absolutely ridiculous, and that's why San Diego County has housing haves and housing have-nots. And that's the Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. Right, thanks, Denise. Solana, the cryptocurrency that was backed by fallen crypto mogul Sam Bankman-Fried, tumbling today. There are concerns that large holders may be about to offload the token. Solana dropping as much as 12% today. It was trading close to 9% lower this morning in London trading. Other tokens saw modest declines. Ether, that slipped about 1.3%. Then you had uh, Bitcoin. Right now, that is down about uh, two-tenths of a percent at $16,668 per token there. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Tatiana Darie. Tatiana, good morning. Good morning, Karen. A futures holding to some modest gains here with Dow contracts up to 83 points, S&Ps up 7, and NASDAQ up 12. The U.S. 10-year yield lower by about two basis points to three spot, 82%. Oil is down half a percent, and the dollar is slightly weaker for a third session here. Elsewhere, European stocks are little changed at this hour, while Asian shares were mixed overnight. Back in the U.S., on the economic front today, home sales at 10. And in early trading, this morning, we're seeing a rebound in Tesla shares after seven days of losses. The stock is higher by about 3% in the pre-market. In the healthcare space, John's Therapeutics jumps as much as 95% after Gilead agreed to acquire all remaining rights to its immunotherapy. And among cryptocurrencies, Solana dropped as much as 12% this morning, bringing its year-to-date decline to 94% this year so far. Live from the First and Breaking News Desk, I'm Tatiana Daria Karen. All right, Tatiana, thank you. And to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, about 2,500 Southwest flights have been canceled for today. Monday and Tuesday, the airline scrapped more than 5,000 flights because of the winter storm. President Biden said his administration would comply with the Supreme Court's order keeping in place sweeping coronavirus border controls under Title 42. The Vatican says the health of retired Pope Benedict has undergone a worsening in the last hours and that doctors are monitoring the 95-year-old's condition. In the NBA, the Knicks lost in overtime. The Celtics, Wizards, and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders won. The Capitals beat the Rangers for zip. The Bruins lost in a shootout. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. And at 642 on Wall Street, we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. China's decision to abandon its COVID-0 policy and reopen its borders has prompted a global response. Countries are considering whether to test or restrict travelers from China. Beijing's policy reversal has triggered nationwide COVID outbreaks. Both the U.S. and Japan are weighing new restrictions on people arriving from China. Customers have failed 
cryptocurrency exchange FTX have filed suit in Delaware Bankruptcy Court. They're hoping to be first in line to recover some of the billions lost in the meltdown of Sam Bankman-Fried's digital asset empire. The suit asked the judge to give customers repayment priority over other FTX creditors. And here's a Tesla now on their longest losing streak since 2018. Elon Musk's electric car maker fell 11% for the seventh straight decline. A report of a plan to temporarily halt production at Tesla's factory in China has led to concerns about falling demand. Tesla is now down 69% this year. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John. All right. Thanks, Karen. It is now 643 on Wall Street. Time to check what's going on in D.C. Uh, some of the top stories on our nation's capital include, well, Southwest Airlines does expect more flight cancellations for at least another few days. Well, the government questioning whether airline is complying with its uh, customer service plan. President Biden will comply with the Supreme Court's border immigration ruling. And Donald Trump's tax returns, they are set to be released tomorrow by a House committee. And then you have power costs surging 6,000%. That signals soaring U.S. home heating bills to come. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Terry Haynes. He's the founder of Pangea Policy. Terry, thanks for being with us again this morning. Appreciate it. Let's start it with uh, Southwest. You ever been stranded at an airport? You know how bad this could be. Where, where is the U.S. Transportation Department in, in all of this? I'm trying to figure out who owns this. Who's responsible, Terry? <laughs> Good morning, John. And uh, uh, the government will do uh, do whatever it can to make sure that Southwest is responsible for this. But uh, uh, in this case, it's probably Jimmy Carter's fault. And uh, I say that because the airlines uh, were federally deregulated. Deregulation. Under Carter's <laughs> Terry, president. did you just say regulation is good? No, no. Well, you know, yeah, some regulation is good. Sure, why not? But the, uh, you know, and but it, you know, this stuff is complicated. Uh, the Secretary of Transportation Secretary Buttigieg uh, has already uh, decided, you know, uh, according to an interview that he had with NBC, that uh, this has crossed the line from an un- uncontrollable weather situation to something that is the airline's direct responsibility. I think where we come down on this is is eventually is is it's going to be some of both dot will investigate uh the congress will investigate you have two issues one of which is uh you know kind of the weather act of god stuff which wouldn't even be picked up by a flight compensation regulation which we we haven't had in this country since uh uh or flight compensation tariff which we haven't had since 1978 um the other part of it though is southwest itself does say it was culpable because its crew, crew scheduling tools, other scheduling, uh, or have been a problem, as well as the way the airline is set up, which is uh, a kind of hopscotch configuration, which is very different to the kind of hub and spoke networks that uh, other airlines have. So, you know, I, if consumers, particularly people who had these tickets and had these flights, should not look for uh, complete satisfaction. I think they are eventually likely to get some satisfaction, and what the airlines are likely to see is beefing up of flight compensation regulations and also pushing on technology to make sure that their crews, their pilots, and their planes are much better managed than apparently they are today. It might also reflect a broader problem with just employment. I mean, just crews not showing up. Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, you're quite right to bring that up, one of the things that uh, Southwest said is, is they, they were having a terrible time with their crew scheduling. 
the crew, but the crews themselves weren't showing up. So, uh, so that that's going to have to be looked at. And again, I don't think there's there's going to be any quick or easy fix to any of that. And you run into kind of management union issues on on top of that as well. So, uh, this is not an easy situation to to fix by any means. Uh, we had a ruling from the Supreme Court uh, on Title 42. As a result, the administration says it is going to comply with the uh, the border immigration ruling from the high court. Does Biden now own this, and uh, I don't know, what kind of position does this put the administration in? Well, uh, the, the administration does own it to some extent, but at the same time they're, they're busily trying to offload uh, the, uh, their ownership onto the Congress by saying, well, you know, Congress needs to send us something that's immigration uh, immigration reform. That's fair enough. It, it's been uh, 10 years or more since Congress has tr- even tried to seriously address immigration reform. It is uh, it, it is long overdue. Uh, in the it, But I have little confidence that, that, that particularly a split Congress is going to be able to do that. They always run up against the uh, the run up on the on the rock and the shoal of talking about paths to citizenship and what they mean and how they should be structured. Uh, that's always a huge problem. Uh, the administration is not going to be able to provide a lot of leadership in this regard, or uh, or you know, kind of front load whatever the solution is. They don't want to go out on that limb. So the, what's going to happen is that you know the the Supreme Court's decision has some has some good practical effect, although it's uh, it's very imperfect because it helps manage the border. I'm not defending the policy by saying so. I'm just saying there's a practical effect here. Uh, but the stay is very narrow. The stay that the Supreme Court put up was uh, really only to address the question of whether states could intervene here and insist on uh, stricter enforcement. So the Supreme Court itself is not going to be a cure-all uh, for immigration policy or Title 42 policy at all. And eventually, Congress is going to have to try to deal with this. And, uh, you know, anybody that's concerned about the border uh, and border enforcement, uh, border security, and, and a, a rational immigration policy in this country, um, I think is going to be disappointed over the next few months because uh, – a new Congress fighting over a variety of other things, including spending, potentially debt ceilings, mm-hmm. and other things, uh, is not going to really be able to deal with that, I think, in a, okay. uh, uh, in a quick or easy way. But I'd look for some of those centrists. You had John Katko on earlier, and he was quite right to say some of the centrists will be dealing with this, too. Terry, a pleasure. Thanks. That's all we have time for, the founder of Pangea Policy. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. And also a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington. That's Bloomberg 99.1 at 105.7 FM HD2. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. But S&P futures up about 11 points or three-tenths of a percent. Dow futures up three-tenths of a percent or 104 points. And NASDAQ futures up two-tenths of a percent or 24 points. The DAX in Germany is little change. Ten-year Treasury up 4.30 seconds. Yield 3.82 percent. The yield of the two-year, 4.33 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down a third of a percent or 26 cents at $79.27 a barrel. COMEX gold down 
down seven tenths percent or eleven dollars ninety cents at eighteen eleven twenty an ounce. The euro one point oh six five one against the dollar. British pound one point two zero eight six and the yen one thirty three point eight two. And Bitcoin this morning down a tenth of a percent at about sixteen thousand six hundred seventy dollars. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. John. All right, thanks a lot, Karen. It is now six fifty six on Wall Street. That's time to take a look at stocks, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. So after a big fall, I guess bargain hunters move... What's, what's the story with Tesla? Yeah, a little bit of dip buying here. And it's interesting because there's no real fundamental driver today outside of it's been dropping for seven days straight. So it was due for a little bit of love. TSLA is your ticker there. Up about 3.4% in the pre-market. Not too shabby. But I will say there was quite a bit of heavy volume. I want to say around 5.45-ish uh, a.m. New York time, and which has still kind of kept the stock moving. And I think that's a really big story. But once again, we're talking about the pressures here that are on Tesla. Stock yesterday, they reported that their Shanghai production, for example, uh, this coming from out of Reuters, it might take a hit as well. Their uh, delivery numbers across the EV space have really uh, been lower as well. So Tesla facing all sorts of pressure right now, but today really does feel like a dip buyer story. Uh, is there any indication Elon Musk is going to focus on his uh, Tesla company and not other stuff? Um, there might be. I mean, that seems to be the hope, at least. And you did see... And does, I in say, the new year, does he, like, one of his resolutions is to, like, stop being loony? <laughs> I can't speak to that. I don't have access to his diary, admittedly. But uh, I have to say, this kind of Twitter saga, there is, if you're starting to read some of the analyst notes, the idea here that if Twitter is indeed looking for a new CEO, that will kind of return Tesla shares back to uh, back to its former glory, if you will, if Elon Musk can actually revert his, his attention back to the company. But that is still a process that may take months. So uh, quite a little bit of optimism baked into that. Okay, this uh, next stock that you're looking at this is kind of dark it is dark but important nonetheless so we have a supreme court decision on a a law called title 42 it essentially lets the government quickly expel people people who could have been eligible for asylum for example using the health emergency created by the spread of covid-19 so um basically it's the migrant crisis at the southern border so right. you know you can send them back but first you got to lock them up in theory. And here's where it gets a little bit dark because it is having a very real read through into the markets here with prison operators like Core Civic and Geo Group. So CXW is a stock for Core Civic. Uh, those shares are down about 2% in the pre-market. Geo Group as well. GEO down about 2% as well. And this comes after the U.S. Supreme Court basically said that those pandemic era border restrictions will remain in effect. Now, this comes in the context of a previous comment that Core Civic had made saying that the termination of that law could result in an increase in the number of people apprehended and detained by their key customer ICE. But since that law is not being terminated, it doesn't bode well for the prison system and therefore uh, lower. Those shares are lower. Okay, I get it. Um, no judgments here. Uh, S&P futures right now are 10 points higher. Critty. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Critty Gupta. Thanks for being with us. And uh, again, S&P futures up 10. The uh, Dow futures up 104. For Karen Moscow, I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Live from the financial capital of the world, broadcasting across the globe, this is WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1130. 
we flip to good news is good news and bad news is bad news. The worst won't happen by the end of the year to have somewhere. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.